Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on this bonus episode this week, we are diving into our trip on the Galactic Star Cruiser. This is going to be spoiler-filled, so if you do not want to know specifics on what happens in some of the storylines or some of the events on the Star Cruiser, feel free to skip this episode. Uh, our we re- won't be offended. Yes, we won't be. Our regular episode that came out this past Monday was a 101 guide to the Star Cruiser. So if you are interested in learning about the Star Cruiser, the Star Wars Hotel, uh, you kind of want some tips and tricks if you're planning to go, that's the episode for you. We don't get into any major spoilers that you know isn't already stuff that's kind of out there. Um, so feel free to listen to that one. We go into a lot of detail uh, just so you can have a, a great experience there. But this one is going to be spoiler-filled. We're going to get into a ton of detail about specifically what happened on our journeys in this episode. And we're going to dive right into it. No Disney news since we covered that on Monday. And then we'll, we'll be covering the Disney news of this week uh, on our next regularly scheduled episode coming up on, on Monday here. So we'll dive right into the Star Cruiser. We started on Saturday. And so you board uh, at 1 o'clock. So we were there probably around like 1230. And they take the first boarding groups around 1 o'clock. They take you in small groups and they show you a safety video. So they kind of have you in like a little holding area. And they show you the safety video. And... I thought it was interesting that they show you a safety video. It's like you're going to a ride. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, too, because they, they have on here, you know, there's going to be a uh, warning sign. There's going to be alarms that go off. That's part of the show. If there's warnings that aren't part of the show, it'll be like this. And this is something that's always, like, intrigued me because I've noticed it before. And we, when we did the Keys to the Kingdom tour, yep. we learned more about this, that Disney has this hierarchy of what they call them keys, the keys yeah. and safety is number one. So if they need to do something in terms of safety, it will take precedence over theming and over immersion and things like that. So that's why, because I always laugh when you're riding rise of the resistance, <laughs> there's exit signs in the middle of the ride. And it's like, you know, wow. I feel like f- that's also illegal if they didn't have exit signs. Well, true. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, they have to have those, so they, they're putting them on there. But it, I, it always makes me chuckle. It's like, wow, the First Order puts very nicely illuminated exit signs uh, on their <laughs> on their ship here. So, it, it, you know, it's kind of it's interesting that because it, it takes you out of the immersion a little bit, but that's why Disney does it. So you're kind of on there, and they're like, in a real emergency. So you obviously know there's going to be some sort of fake emergency uh, on this cruise because they're saying in the event of a real emergency, this is going to happen. And in our kind of show emergency, this happens. Yeah, I don't know if I would have caught that that was going to happen uh, or there was like a fake emergency if you hadn't kind of set leaned over to me and be like, yeah, cause there's going to be a fake one. So I don't know if I, that would even have ruined anything for me there. Um, I think I would have just thought, I, I don't know. I, I guess I would have just thought otherwise that it was just in the case of a real emergency, but I think real cruise ships, and it's been a very long time since I've been on a real cruise ship. I mean, they do have these little drills like, well, the muster, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, and that's the first thing that really happens that kicks off the story, and that's kind of like your other indication that something's going to go awry yeah. here because they start and they go, they do a muster drill of like, okay, in the event of an emergency, now this is again a show emergency. Uh, you got to come to your muster stations. This is what's going to happen, and then the captain's even like, in all my years of being the captain, this has only happened like twice. You know, so it's like, well, this is probably going to happen again at some point. But we get on it. 
I mean, really well done in terms of like the transportation and everything where as soon as you walk in, you're on these transport pods, they take you up. So like at that point, you basically never see the outside again. I mean, <laughs> you kind of do. I mean, you can if you want to go to the, the climate uh, acclimation zone and obviously when you go to Batu, but I mean, it, to a certain extent, it feels like you're in like a casino where like you do lose track of time. Like we were even wondering going into this of like, is there going to be enough to keep you busy? Like you're going to, you're going to start around four. We, we got on at one. This thing's going to run till probably 10, 11 o'clock at night. Is it going to get boring? Are we going to be tired? And for the first few hours, because from one to four, there's really no actors out. The story hasn't started. It does feel a little bit slow. You're kind of getting your sea legs about you. And, and you're kind of like, ah, I'm not too sure about this. And then by the end of the first night, I'm like, it's 1130. We've been going since one o'clock nonstop. We haven't really gone back to the room to sit down. Obviously, you eat and stuff. You know, 10 hours went by in the blink of an eye and you don't notice it because you don't see the outside. Yeah. I mean, I will say there was no part of me as a person who does trail running because I like running, but also because I like the outside. I did not miss the outside. I was actually a little worried about that, like maybe starting to feel claustrophobic or something or like I was cooped up or kept in. Um, I didn't really, you know, feel like I was missing out on the outside. Um, but I do want to comment to the, you know, those first few hours of us coming in immediately. So I, we kind of talked about in the other episode how I didn't read really almost anything. I read a little backstory on the Halcyon and tried to kind of brush up on a little Star Wars stuff just so if anything came up, I didn't sound like an idiot. But the weird thing was, you know, I was running around the ship trying to find things and you were kind of you know, telling me to sort of like calm down a little. Um, I wanted yeah, to explore all the areas. I wanted to try yeah, to so, find all the secrets. So first thing we were kind of yeah just exploring because you can wander the ship and we got into the engineering room like we somehow got access because I think we tried scanning in. So and somebody was like through the message like, do you want access? It was I think it was I think it was Wraith Cole because yeah. I tried to get into the I forget what they call them data things they were on the walls and we didn't have access to them and I tried to like hack into it um and it said oh I can see I got a message pretty immediately that said something like hey I can see that you're willing to kind of you know bend the rules and try to get into this place you're not allowed um you know I'm gonna kind of talk to you about that and I think that's how I ended up being able to get in the engineering yeah, room yeah the engineering room is actually really easy to get into like we got into it yeah. almost immediately but yeah but but we were in there I think this is where I was going with with the point is we got in there and there's different stations and you're just running around trying them all yeah. and like nothing's happening and, and you're supposed to, um, they're like, Oh, you have to get every light to be green. And you know, once you go through and do it, another one trips and you're like, why isn't it doing anything? And like the cast members trying to be like, Oh, there's something over here. And I'm trying to tell him like, nothing's going to happen yet. It hasn't started. And eventually they're like, Hey, have you gone to eat lunch yet? Like we hear lunch is going like, we, we need to clean the engineering room. And like, to kind of kick us out. And then that's where you're like, Oh yeah, I guess really nothing's supposed to happen. So like we spent a lot of time going around in circles in there and you were kind of getting frustrated, but that's why I was like, you, you just, nothing's going to happen yet. Well, I mean, here was the, like the frustration with that is it was, I think a place that was designed to keep people busy for, you know, if they came in like we did and I was anxious to kind of explore the ship. And so, but it was frustrating because it was a game that there was no way to win because you would go from one station to the next and you would fix whatever the problem was. And then once you got to the kind of the, the end of that problem, 
it would sort of just restart. And I, we kind of went through and did it a few times and I probably would have kept doing it because I was convinced that, that it had to have some sort of ending. But when the cast members were starting to come over and be like, Oh, Hey, have you eaten yet? And I was like, okay, obviously here, they're like, yeah, time to go. Actually, there must really, this is, this is a, a distraction. This is here just to keep you busy because they want to keep you, you know, entertained because they know not there's not much going on right now. Well, I, I will say eventually the engineering room does do something. So I'll, I'll kind of jump around a little bit because this happened to me on the second day. But but all of the rooms, the engineering room, the bridge, like you do a bridge training, you can go kind of play around in the engineering room and, and learn how these things work. They don't really do anything to your point. It's kind of just a way to kill some time uh, and you learn the controls. Same with the bridge. There's bridge training for you like to learn the controls but then if you get invited in the second day to these like smaller group events so there's events that happen on the bridge which then that bridge training becomes important because you're either getting attacked by the first order or you're trying to help the first order and in the engineering room there are events in there as well so i got invited to an event in the engineering room with lieutenant croy because i very much follow the first order side angela you were more on the resistance side and then we both were kind of with wraith cole so we yeah. uh, that was kind of where we met in the middle there i was gonna say we weren't kind of with wraith cole we no, were, no we that both was, i yeah. was gonna say that was probably where but that's where we met in the middle there yeah that was probably where the majority of my action took place and i don't know like how how much we want to get into it but that was really that was really it, and we didn't get into, uh, or at least I didn't get into the more resistance side until actually we had an issue with our braid bridge training later on, which kind of put me more on the resistance side. Yeah, so so kind of getting back to, to where I was going with the engineering room. So I I was with uh, Lieutenant Croy and on the First Order side. So on the second day, there was a mission in the engineering room with Lieutenant Croy in which we had data tapes because at Batu. I had to make contact with a forger to make these data tapes for Lieutenant Croy. So that kind of tied in, hey, we were on Batu, we got these data tapes, now we brought them back, and we were uploading this program onto the ship that whenever they tried to put it into a hyperspeed or hyperdrive, that the ship would shut down. And in order to do that, you had to override the ship. So you had to do all of those controls like we were doing earlier. So that's when it actually did something whenever you were at these events. Um, and it was pretty neat because again, when we're kind of playing around, nothing really happens. It's kind of frustrating. But then when you're in there and you're working as a team all to, to get this you know program to load, that training kind of comes uh, into effect. But again, that's kind of jumping ahead to day two. I just wanted to mention that because um, we we're talking about the engineering room. So what actually? So what actually happened in the engineering? Because I actually didn't yeah, really you ask that. you yeah. about this because I actually got two bridge activities. Um, yeah, because we we missed our bridge training, and we'll right. get into the heist with Wraith Cole, which is why we missed the bridge training. But because we missed that, and it was the last bridge training, they gave us these additional experiences. So that's actually how I got the engineering room, and you got some some bridge missions. Right, so I got an extra bridge mission that resulted in me, you know, helping the captain, which eventually tied into 
me going and meeting Ray. And so that was really cool. But it was interesting because I and because I had a bridge sit like thing with Wraith Cole and then I got an additional one with a captain, I actually didn't get any missions that really had anything happening in the engineering room. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you were in the engineering room, were you doing what we were doing on that first day where you were flipping the switches and stuff to make it work or what yeah. like, was it related to well, that? Well, no? so we weren't trying to make it work. We were trying to override the system to load the program. So we had these data tapes. So again, it tied into your mission on Batu to uh, get a forger to kind of collect these data tapes for Lieutenant Croy. Again, you don't physically do it on Batu. Everything is through your phone on the, the Play Disney app, but you complete this mission. So he has these physical data tapes. There's only about like eight of us in there. So it's a very small group. These kind of day two events are small group invite only. You have to scan your magic band to get in. So it's not just like everybody can rush in there. So it, it keeps it like a much more intimate setting and it's a cooler experience because it's more one-on-one -on -one with, with the characters. So he gives everybody a data tape that then goes into the station. So there's a place in the stations for you to insert these data tapes. And then you have to go through and do like what we were doing. So each station's a little bit different. Like it's basically, you know, different things light up and it's kind of like a puzzle. There's like a little like a little puzzle to each one. And you have to do it repeatedly until you kind of fill up this green circle. So everybody splits up into small groups of two is working together to successfully complete the puzzle and then uh, once everything turns green, you know, we try to load the program and then the first time it doesn't work. And so uh, you know, so it doesn't work. And it's funny because, you know, Lieutenant Croy is a great character. Whoever was playing him when we were there was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. But I imagine in general, Lieutenant Croy is a great character. So he's like, oh my gosh, it didn't work. What are we going to do? Like, he like, was just on 11 all the time. Yeah. Like he was, he was just so uh, over the top about everything passionate it was just it was just so incredible being around him he was hilarious yeah so he he's like oh what, what you know what what's what can we do what's gonna happen and somebody suggested i think we should do it again like he's kind of leading you down that direction like we're gonna do this again and he's like i, I don't know we've uh, a ship this size have ne has never taken two overrides i don't know what could happen you know like i'm, I'm unsure like i'm unsure about this and, and he turns to me and and if you didn't listen to our other episode we used fake names so I went by Lars, Angela went by Danny, and he goes like, Lars, what do you think? And I said, Lieutenant, I said, this is your time to shine. If anybody can do it, you can. And he's like, that's it, we're doing it. Everybody starts chanting, Croy, Croy, Croy. And he's like, yes, yes, we're doing it again. Back to your stations. And so then we do the whole thing again. And again, it's, it's more meaningful because as you're successful, you're seeing kind of on your station, the lights turn green. You're seeing the circle fill up. And then once you do it, it's successful and everything goes off and, and, uh, and then he's like, okay, this is perfect. We installed the program. He's like, tell nobody about this. Tell nobody what we did. But when the ship shuts down, like you're going to know it's game on. Like we were successful. And it's cool because then it ties into at dinner the second night when the ship shuts down at the end of dinner, all the alarms go off, go to your muster stations. Like you, you have no idea like what's going on. To me, I'm like, yes, our plan worked. The ship shut down. Croy's the man. We did it. And so that's what's cool about this is you see – different points of your storyline so even if you're not a part of that story it still makes sense to you you know there's something wrong something's happening but to me it means i know something's wrong but i also know why that's wrong you know and, there, and there's right. like little pieces like that throughout of, of how your storylines kind of tie in 
um, going throughout. But kind of jumping back to day one, really day one is all about just kind of getting to know the characters. There's really not a there's really not a ton that's going to make or break what you do. I, I I feel like what happens is this is kind of what I've noticed. If you're in the proximity of these characters through your magic band or whatever, it somehow picks up and it knows you're there. Yeah. And then it sends you a message. And then depending on how you answer that message is going to be if they kind of send you on more first order missions, more resistance missions, more uh, missions for the Saja, what have you on, on Batu. So really your first day is kind of just like a little cocktail mixer, getting to know everybody, kind of feeling out who you want to follow uh, and really setting up like where you're going to go on, on day two. They actually give you whenever you come into your room, uh, a little thing that's on your bed that's like it actually says on here you're invited to engage while on your voyage no two adventures are alike so they're kind of prepping you you know engage go into it um and, and it, t- it ties in really well because you know croy comes on the ship you know we make a, a detour to pick up gaia so you come back at night there's a letter from the captain saying like i apologize for lieutenant croy being on here i'm sure you you've seen that you know we made a uh like a detour, but we think it was worth it because we brought on Gaia. Like we're all going to have fun at Batu tomorrow. And it, it really like, again, full immersion kind of from start to finish from here. Yeah. So I kind of, we're going super out of order here. I do want to talk about one thing that did frustrate me and it was pretty much right away. When we got into the room, there is like a calm on the wall and there is a robot. I can't remember. What was her name again? You, you, uh, D3. Yeah. Okay. So D3 was on. And and my my priority when I got in the room was to explore the room, see what it looked like, if any of the buttons or switches or anything. Well, did even anything. as soon as you walk in, they, a cast member walks you in and was like, hey, would you like to meet D3? And I'm like, okay. And they're like, you have to scan your magic band. So I was just right there. So I scanned it. Yeah. 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 yeah and, like, uh, like to your point, it, it's not even like, oh, you wanted to explore the room. It's like as soon as you walk in, they're like, hey, scan your magic band here. And it's yeah. just who's ever closest is going to scan. Right. So jo- I was listening, you know, as Joe was like she was asking questions to Joe and I was going around the room and one of the questions was something about, did you bring some sort of egg on board? And you know, Joe, some sort of like creature, egg. yeah, a creature egg. And you know, Joe kind of stammered and said no. And, and I was like, Oh man, that was probably, I wonder if that has anything. So I has like any sort of mission attached to it or anything. And I think it was probably just a throwaway line. I, you know what? I think it was a throwaway line. I don't know if there was a mission, but Sammy, later on made a comment about those eggs being in storage like they kind of used that as an excuse for the coaxium when they were smuggling on the coaxium Uh. and croy was like what's in that is that coaxium what's in there and and they were talking about like how just random things show up in the cargo hold and he was like yeah i forget the creature He was like yeah there's actually some eggs that came on and so Again, I don't know if there was a mission assigned with that. I don't necessarily think there was, but it was a tie into that of like, as soon as you walk on, D3's talking about these eggs and then Sammy ties it in later. I, I think it was more that. I think it was more kind of like that little tie right. in there. So, but, but just kind of to go back. So I do think now that I think about it, I don't know that there was any sort of anything with it. Although if there was, if you've ever done the Star Cruiser before and you answered yes to that question and there is something, let us know. But anyway, my frustration with this whole thing was Joe got done and I was done exploring the room. So I'm like, oh, I'll go scan and have the same conversation with her. 
it was just like, oh, no, go eat. Anytime one of us interacted with D3, then she really kind of just gave the short answer to the other one. And at the end of, I think it was the first day, it even asked, you know, which way are you leaning or whatever? And it was, again, only angled toward one person. But Joe and I weren't the same. And so I could only imagine, you know, this could be a really huge source of like strife specifically if you have children that you bring on board, because if one kid gets to do it, the other kid's going to want to do it too. And then they're not going to be able to actually get the same interaction. And it was just weird because everyone is individualized. Like you can, you don't all have to do the same thing. So it was very strange to me that she didn't have different prompts um, prepared for different people or more than one person could do it. Yeah, I, I thought going going into it, and I definitely knew a little bit more about what was going on, general story, but I tried to avoid a lot of like specifics as well because I, I kind of wanted to experience it as I was there. So I, I knew about D3, and I actually thought it used your responses more into kind of driving your story. But after seeing how it actually works, and, and to your point, it basically treats the cabin as one. So even though you scan it with a magic band, it's kind of treating everybody in the cabin the same. Yeah, so you're it's one kind of, entity. It's giving you like one option. I don't really think that impacts anything because really what it does is, you know, it, it welcomes you at the beginning. The first night, it will read you a bedtime story or sing your lullaby. It kind of talks about like what's happening on the ship and then the second night, you know, you can get a, a bedtime story or a lullaby. So I think, yeah, I think it would be cool if it, if you're going to scan your magic band, have it do the same thing for both people. So that the way those responses can kind of play Very. into your story. Yeah. But I think they're probably not really using it for that. And I think that's why it's like, it just does it one time because it's just kind of telling you about what's going on. Um, so yeah, I, I was expecting it to kind of impact a little bit more but it it seems like that's not really what happens and i do think that that would be an interesting thing to make that almost a character as well um that could tie into the storyline and that's maybe a way that they can make an improvement in the future but i will say the more we were there the more i realized that she wasn't as advanced as i thought she was because there would be times when she'd ask when she yeah yeah. when i would ask or she would ask me a question and i would give a little bit more of a long-winded response because when joe was doing it it would just cut you off yeah joe's responses tended to be shorter and sweeter and mine were longer and more elaborate so i would never get a chance to finish and she would already be you know addressing whatever the first half of whatever it was i said was or not even fully addressing it so yeah, I thought it was a little bit more advanced than it was. I think it just probably listened to her key phrases, yeah, I was like saying, yes, think, no, yeah, resistance, to rebels, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like you, if you said that keyword early, it was like, oh, okay, and it started responding to you before right. you finished. Um, yeah, it, it, it. I mean, it's cool. It's definitely oh, a yeah, cool yeah, yeah, feature, yeah. but yeah, it's not necessarily as advanced. So, so again, so we're kind of meeting everybody the first day. I definitely hung out with Croy a lot. Uh, and Wraith Cole were, were the kind of the two people that I was spending the most time with the first day, which kind of got us set up on our missions. Uh, and I, I pulled Angela in with some of them because I think you were you were kind of following. Who who were you following the first day? So you were kind of like off, like you were with Chewy at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first day, you know, I was really nervous coming in again, as I said in the the last episode. And if you didn't hear that, I was really nervous. Um, For some reason, I was very in my own head that I didn't know Star Wars enough. I wasn't going to do a good enough job with this character that I've created. And and I just was really struggling with the whole awkwardness of the whole thing and just just generally feeling anxious in social situations in general. So I went and I started to follow um, Sammy. 
I oh, that's was, right. You were saying yeah, yeah, I was mag like I was definitely magnetized to him because he was so like larger than life. I mean, he was just very animated and passionate. And, I like barely talked to him. Yeah, I I just really enjoyed his yeah. character. Um, and so I immediately kind of started following him, and I I could tell from right right away like he had good intentions. So I wanted to follow him around. Um, but I made like I talked to Lenka Ma Ma uh, Ma a little bit. Um, mostly Sammy. And so from there, like, I definitely, you know, that's where um, Chewie came in, like Chewie came on board the ship. And there was a point in time where, you know, we were in the engineering room and he came in. Um, I just like randomly saw Chewie. That that was the cool thing about night one is I was definitely, like I said, I was definitely with Wraith Cole. I was definitely with Croy. I was kind of following them around, talking to them. And then I was just kind of wandering. And then, yeah, randomly Chewie was there. So I'm like, I'm going to follow this group with Chewie. Chewie gave me a fist bump. I was like, okay, I'm part of the resistance here for a little bit. Like, you know, it, it was fun. It's it's definitely much more free-wielding night one, where there's just kind of a lot of random stuff happening. And if you just kind of just jump around, again, you know, night two, it gets a little bit more of like, Hey, I saw you talking with Croy. Don't come over in my group. But like the first day, it's like there's 30 people. It's Chewy. You can just kind of slide and be like, I'm a Chewy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first night I just spent a lot. I lot spent a lot of time with like the the rebels. So I got or I, not rebels, but because Sammy wasn't really necessarily aligned with anybody. And so I was trying to figure out what his deal was, too, because, you know, he'd make comments about how. You know, he like everyone should kind of do their own thing, but he wasn't he wasn't in short like in necessarily in support of the rebellion, although he was by the end. Yeah, he had a, a interesting storyline and one that I didn't fully follow, and I think it was because I didn't follow him around. So like if if we went back, I would very much like to follow the resistance and follow Sammy and Linka and the captain because I kind of yeah, and I'm not I, much help because I am terrible at remembering all details of well I, I i you know i saw their story and, and sammy definitely plays a big part in all this like he's in there a lot and to your point he's a very much a larger than life character so you kind of see him a lot when you, even you're on the first order side but I, I really didn't know what his deal was so i definitely would like to follow that group because i really didn't get to interact with them that much and so i didn't have a good handle on what was happening on that side of the story to, to see but and that's what's cool again like you kind of get bits and pieces of it but like you don't know how they fully connect I, I can't remember at what point did croy pull sammy in because you know when he crashed like he when he ended up on the ship i can't remember if that first night he actually brought sammy in and was like oh you're the mechanic well you can help us or well that, yeah, that was when he first came on and he kind of like yeah he was like hey we need help on our ship you're the mechanic go help and he was kind of just he didn't see him as a threat but then by the second night he was starting to suspect things and so he was much more adversarial to sammy um they locked the droid up and things were kind of starting to turn that second night yeah i was just trying to remember so i think a lot of you know that first night too was just sammy trying to scramble around and kind of figure out what the first order is doing on board and also kind of he wanted to also kind of figure out the captain's alignment i, I think in like a mock's alignment yeah, he was trying with- to figure out everybody i think he was it was just like he was the character he didn't know what was going on and he was trying to get a handle on the situation is i i think a lot of what that first night of following sammy that's kind of what i got out of it is that he was just trying to work things out yeah Yeah. i was to say i mean with with croy croy was trying to figure out kind of everything because you know what he was telling people was i suspect something's going on here just just kind of like blend in and listen try to just find out whatever you can 
and then report back to me. And, and they have you scan like those like little data kiosks. They all have these special cars and they kind of do that the first night too. Of like they scan it and have you tap your magic band and then you get something on the data pad on your phone of either, you know, like a special mission or like, you know, special awards and things that like some of that stuff, like those badges no, go nothing. nowhere. Yeah, some of it was no but some nothing. of it sets up. They're like, Hey, when you're in Batu, like, you know, can you look for this for me and report back? And, and that's again, really what it's like. But he's like, just go, go, go listen, just go kind of talk to people and, and find out what, you know, what their deal is. Uh, and then kind of come back and report to me. I, I think that the big thing with the first night was with Wraith Cole, we definitely got on his radar. I did. I kind of talked with him first. I pulled you in because I, yeah. I, well, I pulled you in with Croy. I was like, Hey, you got to meet Croy. This guy's great. Yeah. Uh, and then I pulled you in with Wraith and, and we had a good interactions with Wraith. Uh, he, I wasn't quite sure, and I kind of was avoiding him at first because I wasn't sure where he was aligned. I I, I didn't quite again. Wraith, I, I yes, um, because Croy I knew was bad. I wasn't sure if Wraith Cole was working with the First Order, like who he yeah. was working with, and and again, like I I fancy myself more as a you know I like good characters better but i will say by the end of it i was like man that that first order storyline was so good i mean croy is quote unquote bad but he very much plays like the the bumbling kind of bad guy where he's he's kind of low on the totem pole thinks he's more important than he is and is so over the top to any sort of any anything that happens to him, good or bad. I mean, the kids getting on him, just the way he's like yelling the over the top tr- of the kids, crashing their droids into his yeah, feet. As the he's way talking. he's yelling at the other people on the ship, like he's he's so over the top, it's hilarious. But but we brought him in. So with with Wraith, we had really good interactions with Wraith. I think he kind of clicked with us, and it, it really blossomed like into a very intricate experience with Wraith. Yeah, and I think this is the most intricate thing on the ship i mean the the engineering rooms the bridge things were cool but nothing to the level of this height so if if you want to be part of something like really special definitely get on on race cole's radar yeah what i felt like you know with the different experiences that we were involved in again you had that situation with croy and then i got added into some of the stuff that was going on with ray but i felt more like a voyeur in that situation you know it wasn't important to the story i was just getting to be there and witness you know ray coming onto the ship and smuggling on and trying to you know do her good guy thing. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was playing an integral role. I just got to be a part of like a select group that was there. Um, with Wraith Cole though, it was more of an active participation situation. And so like, kind of like what you were saying, it, I felt more integral to that storyline than I did with the other ones. Yeah. So, so what happens is uh, guy is there. She's a Twi'lek. Uh, her people have been, you know, marginalized and, and oppressed and, oppressed and, and things their like that. land has been completely Ryloth. Like, yeah. So yeah, they're trying they, to bring back, she's trying to help and, Ryloth essentially. Yeah. And like different, different groups of people have been control in control of Ryloth for very long periods of time. And so, and it's brought, brought strife to her people and they've taken, I mean, very similar to the stories of now that are coming out from like museums where people will say like, Hey, there are, uh, there are artifacts that belong to our country and yet they're in another country. There was a very similar storyline with that. There was an artifact on the ship that belonged to the Twi'leks that 
was a part of the ship and kind of display and she wanted it back for her people. Yeah, so there's this stone and, that, and that's really where it, it like it starts moving. Like you get this message from Wraith that, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce this. It's H-A-Y-A-N-A-N-E-Y-A. That's a Star Wars name for you. So there's this stone um, that belongs to, to uh, I think it's from Ryloth and, and Gaia, you know, Wraith, we've been looking for this for a long time. It's on the ship. Gaia wants it to kind of bring power back to her people. So you 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 find this out, like you get a message. Oh no, we didn't get a message. So we talked with Ray. So the dinner the first night, Gaia sings. Yes. And so we're at the show, and during the show, like during a dance scene, Chewie gets snuck in. They're trying to p- prevent Croy from seeing him. So I'm sure some people were involved in that. But during this dancing, Wraith comes up and shakes your hand. I mean, I mean and is- really at this point. I had not really spoken to him a whole lot. Joe had introduced me to him and I talked to him and I'd maybe done a few little missions, but he comes up and he shakes my hands, like kind of hugs me during the, uh, the, you know, I mean, this is like something out of a movie. This is something out of a movie. It was crazy. He he slips you a piece of paper and he was like, he's like, and he like whispers. He's like, that's for you and Lars. Like, yeah, he said, nobody's eyes on that, but yours and Lars. Yeah, And and just, just slips it to you at dinner. Like so covertly. And I'm like, looking at the corner of my eye. I'm like, did he just give you something? Like I kind of caught it. And he's like, yeah. And it's a little QR code. And so we scan it. And that's when you find out about this stone that they're going to steal. And then he actually pulled us. He pulled us after dinner. So, you know, most like a lot of the people were starting to vacate and he actually, you know, came over and he said, Hey, I just want to, you know, check with you. We pulled us off to the side. Did you see what I sent you and stuff? Yeah. And he said, you know, I don't even know if this is going to show up on your data pad, but at 4.05 tomorrow, can you meet 403. me? 4.03. Yeah, 4.03. 403. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was late, but 4.03. Yeah. 4.03, can you meet me in the cargo hold, I think it was, right? Yeah. In the cargo hold, I, we, like I have a special mission for you. And so we were like, oh my gosh, what is this? Because you know, like it's, it's even, off book. It's not on our It's not on our data pad. I, I literally pulled out like my, my phone. You're like setting you know, an alarm. I set an alarm so I don't forget because I'm like, I do not want to let him down. Like, this we got we got pinpointed to be there so i was very excited about it it was really cool and again one of the things that makes this experience so cool is they they do a good job especially if you go out of your way to talk to them um of making you feel special and so you know they do as much of repeating your name as they possibly can i mean they have a, a microphone in their ear and i'm especially I'm sure they have a cool name like lars <laughs> I'm sure that they have people that remind them. And then I think at a certain point they start to, you know, they know and recognize, yeah, they remember, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Croy definitely knew you were Lars every time. Cause well, he loves saying your name. What I noticed is like the first night. And, and again, I think, I think they're learning. Cause I, I noticed Wraith a lot did not have that uh, microphone in his ear. Like he had it out a lot of times, but like, I noticed the first night they would be to a lot of people. Hey, what's your name again? Like, like you, you meet them and then he'd go, Hey, what's your name again? And then maybe ask like one or two times. And then after that, I mean, they knew everybody's name, yeah. you know, and, and by the second night, it was like they, they remembered everybody, which is impressive because you got to figure they're remembering a couple hundred people's names. And then I hope they get a couple I mean, days off because then you got to forget every name you just remembered and learn a whole new set of names. I mean, I mean, like j- just to, you know, Croy knew my name. And again, I, I think that they're getting fed these names too. I don't think they're remembering, but Croy well, knew some, my name. Lanka some. knew my name. Yeah. Uh, Sammy knew my name and Wraith knew my name. So that's four of the, like four of you the key players. You interacted with them a lot. I mean, yeah. Again. And I, I did try really hard to like talk to, especially a lot of the, the characters that I thought were, you know, positively aligned, I guess I could say, you know, aligned with, with the, uh, with the resistance. But 
Yeah, I, and then you pulled me in on the other characters, which was great. So I was able to talk to pretty much the only one we didn't talk a lot to was the captain. She wasn't out much. At yeah, least she where was. I, at least she where was I not, was. Yeah, she, she wasn't. She was there the first night and in the beginning, and then not very much after that. I think for me, what I found so impressive with this, and again, I mean, I'm always impressed by the behind the scenes stuff, so it's really no surprise here, is is like yeah like the game makers like just as i'm going through this at certain points i took a step back and just imagine like i'd like to see the command center of this thing because there are people watching everything that's going on and they're telling the people where they need to be like because they have to be at certain places at certain times for the for the points like and like thinking of like wraith of like okay he interacted with us he obviously needs a group of people to be on this heist to specifically be on this heist, but it's got to fit into your schedule. So you can't have Mm -hmm. anything else going on at that time. And so, you know, he's got to pick people, but it's got to fit in with the overall game. And then it's like, okay, he picked us. So, but now he's got to find us. So he's got to come to dinner Mm -hmm. and and they know where everybody's sitting because you have assigned seats. So he's got to come in, hand us this piece of paper and make this contact. And so it's like, he has to, hit all of these points while also playing this character. And there's these people making sure that like it fits in with what we're doing and with what everybody else is doing. Like managing all of that is so incredible and and how seamless it is. Like you would think something that grand, like you would see the seams of it, you know, like you, you know, you push to the edges and, and it would slip like the, the, the magic would, would fail at some point. But it is so seamless. Like you, you do not mm-hmm. lose that immersion. Like it, it works perfectly. Like he was there because Gaia was there, and it, he just came over and just slid you that piece of paper. Like it works so perfectly. And he it's was so amazing. I don't know if we've said in this episode yet, but he was Gaia's manager. So that Correct. was that's his connection to Gaia and why he was there. He would go. He was there to introduce her and kind of you know like monitor her, manage her um, while she was at the the, the dinner. So it was just that was kind of his his reason for being there, you know, in air quotes. But also he was there making connections. But yeah, I that part that you were just talking about really did fascinate me. And it's interesting because, you know, I think that they they when they talk to people, they must, again, listen for sort of key phrases. Like, I'm pretty sure when you introduced me to, to Wraith Cole, you said, oh, and this is my wife, Danny. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, probably the gamekeepers at that time. Well, I think he did. I mean, he, and he did, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, we're kind of like, okay, all right, we have a husband, husband and wife couple. This will be a we need a couple. For we this need heist. a couple for the yeah. heist. So you know, if these two kind of follow the storyline, we'll keep an eye on them, and this is this is a, a couple. We'll make sure that we you know invite to um, to be a heist. part of that yeah, small, we'll, smaller group. We'll get to that heist. So the other thing that happened on night one is we had our lightsaber training. I think it was cool. It I mean, was cooler it was than okay. I thought it was. Yeah, gonna be. it, de- I, it I, definitely was cooler than I thought it was going to be. I would agree with that. I do think. It could be a little bit more immersive and high quality. I mean, you're holding a lightsaber in front of a light beam. It was fun, but could it be a little bit better? I think maybe in a couple of years when technology gets a little bit better with maybe like AR, augmented reality type thing, maybe you could do it a little bit cooler. But overall, it was fun, and I think it was cooler when you're in that room. Like watching it on video, it does kind of look lame, but being in that room and kind of in the moment – it, it is a little bit more special. They do a good job. Again, the, they hire really high quality 
actors in there. I mean, the Saja in there are coaching you through, you know, feeling the force and, and the, the different positions and how to stand. And because you're learning all of these things and you're kind of, you're, I don't want to say you're distracted by it, but it makes it so much easier for you to be immersed and feel like, okay, I'm actually learning how to wield a lightsaber. Um, and it, so that part's really cool. I do wish, I don't know, there's a part of me that also thinks like, man, they should give you like a commemorative, commemorative life, lightsaber for doing this. Like you pay so much money yeah. for being there. They could give you, they don't have to give you one that's as high quality as the ones you build, but man, they could, they could give you something in there that, you know, says like, "Hey, I went to the lightsaber training because you really leave with very few." Yeah, give me like a tokens. pin even or something. Yeah, yeah like you, I'm like a trained Jedi. Yeah, like there there needs to be more tokens of, you know, I was at the Halcyon. Like, yeah, I, I will say for me, I think what I would have liked more in the lightsaber experience is more feedback. Like there was no real stakes to it. Like if you missed the light, you really didn't know whether you missed it, and there really wasn't any stakes of like oh, you're not doing a good job. Like, I feel like if maybe it would have had like, because the idea is it's it's basically a training simulation like how Luke did. And, you know, he's trying, you know, you're using the force to get these like blasters. Like, have like little air shoot at you. So if you miss, because obviously they don't want to like hurt you, but like if I missed on my left side, shoot a little blast of air on me. Like, oh, I get a little bit of feedback on my side. Like, oh, I must have missed that one. And I got hit by the blast. Or, you or know, even something your, just your like, lightsaber vibrates. Like, I mean, something like... Well, it simple. does. The, the lightsaber vibrates it, when you yeah. hit it. But like yeah. a little bit of like, oh, I missed this one or something. Cause you know what again, I think they should like do? A, like no an electroshock. They should no, shock. No, they can't it. do that. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You can't do that. Like a little puff of air or something. Yeah, uh, electroshock. Yeah, shoot real blasters at you. Um, well, it's been de- deactivated. They said, you know, it's a, it's just a training. It's a training. Blend. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like a small little like whoa, or like have the floor shake. Oh, oh I missed. You know, like a, some some sort of like haptic feedback like that. See, I think because I learned from you know we made friends on the ship and our um did we one- make friends or did Lars and Danny make friends? <laughs> I know, right? Um, but the my one friend uh, that we made on the ship, Jen, she said that. There was actually in the uh, was it climate ac- climate acclimation room? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, there was like a force thing. I there was a force sensitive thing which I didn't know existed until she I think said only the she Saja told me that. can do it because I watched a video and it's the Saja doing it. Is it? There, there, I watched this video and there was an experience. The Saja took them out there. I think what happens is if the lightsaber training isn't working right or they're delayed, they'll take your group out there. And do like an experience with you. And then I saw, and basically what happens is they have somebody come up and they tell them to use the force and they make like a rock move. But I think it's something like they have to do. It's probably behind, you know how you were trying to open all the doors you weren't supposed to open out there and you found like <laughs> the, the handle for the hose. And I, and you kept telling me not to turn it on. And finally I turned it on. Cause I was like, this, this is something, this is something. And it was just a hose. You didn't turn it on. Oh, I did. No water came out of it. Yes, yes, it did. Oh, I wasn't there for that. You oh no, that I waited till you walked away, and oh, then I turned gosh. it on. Oh my gosh! So probably behind one of those is is the thing to turn the uh, the show on. So, but I think that's more for like the Saja, at least the videos I saw. Um, but yeah, so lightsaber experience was cool. So I think that wraps up day one. Kind of getting into day two because well, a lot but, a lot happens in day two. Yeah, what I was trying to say there with the with the force sensitive thing though is you know how you do in the lightsaber training could almost tie into something like that where it's like, yeah, there could have been other force things on the ship. Like, Oh, 
you're a Jedi, you know, like go over to this thing and try it and, and like your force powers are awakening. Exactly. Yeah. Like something oh, yeah, that's like cool. that would have been, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And just, I mean, just the amount of things around the ship that you can interact with or like different experiences with being able to interact with things around the ship. I think that's greatly needed. And those um, are little things that they could easily add. Easily. Because yeah. there's a lot of things, like there's a couple, you know, cargo containers that you can scan and then you get like little items or whatever um there were very few of those on the ship though which i was kind of disappointed with and again they had no real bearing on anything but i think that again that's something simple that they could do and say hey oh you scan this like you go up to the concierge desk which i don't i can't remember what they actually called it there's actually a special item there like there should be some real stakes to what you're doing and again you're paying enough that it's like okay if they give you a special pin that says hey i i'm a great discoverer or something that that's not gonna really dip into how much money they're making no for sure all right so let's get into day day two here uh because really i mean as much as we talked about day one like the bulk of the stuff happens day two so you're set up for all these missions in batu it's really going around and like scanning the containers in Batu. So everything has a QR code and you're kind of going from like one container to another. You have to do hacking of transmissions and things. So it's really all in your app, uh, riding the millennium Falcon riding rise of the resistance plays into it as well. And again, depending on the path you're taking, it means something different. When we did smugglers run, Croy asked me, Hey, was there some coaxium stolen? And you know, you could either answer yes, the resistance stole it, or I told him like, no, nothing really happened because it was for uh, Wraith. Wraith was taking the coaxium, so I didn't want to turn it on my boy Wraith there. Um, but then Road Rise of the Resistance, I got to fulfill my dream of telling the First Order about the secret base <laughs> that they tell you don't tell anybody about because that's actually an option. You can either tell them, hey, the resistance got away, nothing happened, or you can tell them about the secret base. I'm like, I'm telling them about the base. I'm, I'm turning them in. But again, it's on your data pad. So it all kind of ties in. I mean, basically kind of looking at our schedule because all this stuff gets added. And that's one thing that I wasn't expecting either because you know they have the like basic itinerary out there. You can look online. You can see you know, you're going to do a lightsaber training. You're going to do a bridge training. And they have these unexpected story moments in there. And I was thinking, hey, our itinerary is kind of built. Nothing's going to change. But day two, you get stuff added at Batu, And then depending on how you do that, you get special things added the second night, which was cool. I wasn't expecting those like you know special surprises to get added. But, but some of the things I had was I had to secure a first order shuttle for Lieutenant Croy, locate Jedi artifacts for the Saja, secure the decoy stone for Wraith, I had to investigate the coaxium deal for Lieutenant Croy. So again, that's Smuggler's Run. I had to find the forger for Lieutenant Croy. And then that was actually at Oga's Cantina because we had reservations for Oga's. There was like a little special mission that we went in there. We told the bartender, Oga has something for me, which gave us a little QR code as part of one of these missions. What were you trying to find for Lieutenant Croy there? I was finding the forger because that was to get the data tapes. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure, you know, I don't have mine up right now, but uh, I'm pretty sure I was also, I think I was for Lankamok. I think I was doing the exact same thing though, but for Lankamok. Yeah, you're finding a forger, yeah, on the the other side. So yeah, we both, we both needed the same thing, but for different people. Exactly. So, so, but two, so you're spending some time there. Um, again, that's just kind of advancing the story. Really go all in for whoever you want to go in on, because again, that's going to get you invited to more stuff at the end of the day. Because once I did all that stuff, then I got invited to a bridge event with Croy. And then the engineering room was one of the things that got added because we missed the bridge training. And then, so we come back 
And this is when we do the heist. So this is the most elaborate thing. So I think we'll spend some time talking about this. <laughs> so we show up at the cargo hold at 4.03. At, at 4 o'clock. We were, yeah, we we were, were early. early. And there's a few other people in there. And then Wraith eventually comes in. And he was a little bit late. He was like 4.15. But that's okay. Yeah, he was. Um, and so... He starts explaining, okay, we're going to do this heist. Well, that's probably part of the reason why we ended up missing yeah, our bridge we mi- training. Yeah, we missed some stuff. And he's very, I will say, Wraith is very much like an over-explainer. Like, he's, like, Croy's to the point and quick. Wraith is like, he's hey, like handsy I, got, and- I got nowhere to be. He's just, like, friendly, like, having a good time, just chatting with everybody. Like, he's got nowhere to go. So he's explaining this. And it's so cool. Again, it's like being in the movies. He has Sabat cards and he's like, okay. Yeah. He's on the floor. He's like, everybody get down on the floor. There's probably like 10 or 12 of us. He's like, huddle around. He's like, okay, this is the layout of the atrium. Everybody know where we are. Here's the hyperlifts. Here's here's the sublight lounge. Here's, everybody's like, everybody know where we are. He's like, okay. He's like, he's like here's the stone. I got to steal. He's like, I got the decoy. And wait, before he starts, he's really going over this, but then he also mentions, you know, if perchance, you know, anybody like the captain happens to come in, uh, say that, uh, what was our, what was our cover? We're it was, just learning Sabak. We're learning Sabak. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're just, I'm just teaching you Sabak. Well, while he's explaining this, who walks in, but the captain. The captain. So she comes over and, you know, Wraith, what are you doing over here on the ground with all these people? Oh, I'm just teaching them Sabak. And she's like, well, the way you play is, you know. Yeah, like not for money, I hope. Like, I hope you're not gambling and stuff down here. Right. And like, you know, obviously, you know, playing very suspicious of what he's doing and if he's even telling her the truth. Um, But eventually she does go away and he continues to explain. So he, Yeah, so he continues to explain. And and so what you find out is we're going to do this heist and everybody he's asked to be there is there for a specific purpose in the heist. So he has one person who's going to pretend to be a booker because Guy is going to be doing an acoustic performance in the atrium after she's done. The, you know, the code word is the game is a foot or it was something like that. It was like, it was something it was, like the game is a yeah. foot. And, uh, and so the guy's going to pretend to be a booking agent to get Sandro excited. Sandro, I think is his name. Sorry, Sandro, uh, excited about like going on tour, and he's going to ask him to to play some songs. Yep. And then a couple other people have to be look out for the captain, and if they mm-hmm. see the captain, they have to they take have the to captain take the guy over. into the sublight lounge. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then, and then there was a group of us that we had to go and get everybody at the concierge desk away from the concierge desk because that's where the stone was. So we had to get them away from the concierge desk and over and, and by it, the elevators. And it was, you know, the pretense was that we were, we wanted, we wanted some pictures. pictures. Yeah. yeah, we wanted some pictures. And so, you know, we came up with some, you know, harebrained I think we reason. said we wanted pictures. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, everybody needs to go over there. And well, they, I told them that every single one of us individually wanted pictures. Yeah, wanted pictures. So we have to get them over there. And then he turns to us and he goes, my couple here, he goes, you guys are going to cause a distraction and I need you to fake an engagement Yes, because that needs to be the distraction. He's like, but wait until I give you the signal. He's like, you'll know when the signal happens, like wait for the signal. So, so we have to, I'm in the middle of this. I'm like, okay, great. This is great. Me as an introvert who, again, I'm already outside my comfort zone talking to all these people I've never met before now have to be the center of attention, (laughs) pretending to be engaged. I was afraid to propose to you the first time. Hey, we I offered. Public. 
I yeah, offered to propose but I wanted to, to do you. It. I wanted to do it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it good this time. <laughs> I'm not going to be nervous. I'm all in. Lars, he's got this. Okay? <laughs> so I was like, I'll do it. So so this is, but this is like thrown at you like five minutes before it's going to happen. And then other people have other things. And so we go up and we're just kind of like wandering around and just waiting. And this is, I think, what happened. It took too long. Like, I think they weren't ready in time. I don't think they were ready in time. And again, none of the the actors are very good at trying to, you know, get people away from them. But anytime they walk out on the floor, people automatically kind of flock to them and want to talk to them. So that definitely holds them up. Well, I think the problem I wouldn't was- doubt if that's why Wraith Cole was also late yeah. to our little arrangement in the car. I mean, we were waiting for the captain for like 10 minutes because it started like guy was done. Wraith gives the, the thing we know everything's a go and you know, they're talking, they're, they're trying to uh, get Sandra to play some music and I'm standing, I'm like, okay, this guy's played like a song or two. I think the captain's supposed to be here by now because like Wraith's just kind of walking around. I'm like, this seems a little bit slow. So the captain finally comes out. They, they decoy the captain. He gives us the signal to, to pull the people from the concierge desk. And I mean, there are probably like five or six of there them. Were. So there were, there were four or five. I think there were four of us. Yeah, they did, did not give up much of a fight. We were like, hey, we need all. some help. And they are like... They were overly... I mean, even like, for what? Disney, they were overly they're acquiescent. Like, what? what? You need help? We're like, yeah, we need pictures over here. And they're like, oh, okay, come on. And they're like, and I'm like, we need all of you. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Sure. They're like, yeah, we'll just abandon our post here. That's no problem. Like, they were like, well, somebody has to stay here. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. I was like, come on, come on. And we were taking pictures. And then I was like, I asked him, I said, hey, we want pictures because there's like one person taking pictures. I'm like, hey, the rest of you, come on in. Like, again, trying to distract them, trying to play in of like, I don't want them walking away right. if they're in this group photo. And he's walking. And then he finally gives up me the signal, like, go, 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 proposal time. So I do it, man. Not a dry eye in the joint. Such a beautiful. Wow. Hyperbole a lot there. Beautiful proposal. You sold it. You, you had some fake tears. I saw like a, a single tear roll down your eye. Uh, more it was hyperbole. Great. I it mean, was I was, I was pretending I was, I was muffling my, my face. Yeah. And, you did it good. Oh, yeah. I was, I was doing those things. So I, I think I got the Emmy there. It was. So we, we did a distraction and, and everybody was all excited. We actually had people come up to us afterwards and be like, congratulations. The people that sat with us at dinner. Yeah, they're like, we came down. They're like, oh, congratulations. Like, we're so happy for you. And we're like, oh, yeah, that was fake. We've we've been married for, you know, nine years now. And they're like, oh, my gosh, we were just telling the waiter we were going to have to order champagne and stuff to and celebrate. This, this poor waiter's like, this happens every time. Like, yeah, they didn't really get engaged, yeah, I'm so, sure. Yeah, so, it's, so it, it was funny. But I, I guess we sold it. So to your point about getting the Emmy... We, we fooled a couple people because we yeah. had a few people out tell us. We did. So, so that happens. And then other stuff happens. So this is what was interesting about it because, again, it's so elaborate. We had our part of it. And you know, you're so in the moment of it that then I don't know what happened. At some point, he handed off the stone to somebody else. That was their job to then like go be a decoy because then the captain catches him because she knows something's up. She makes him empty his pockets. He doesn't have it. And so I'm like, I don't know where it went. Yeah. I was nervous because I'm thinking maybe he has it and she's going to take it. And then what, you know, what's yeah. going to happen next? And then the other, uh, you know, guy who had it, that was his job. He, he brings it back. And then, you know, we go and he takes us down to the cargo hold with guy and explains the whole thing of like how it came to be. Cause guys like, how did you do it? Thank you so much. All of you for being a part of this. And he kind of explains, you know, everybody's what he, different what part of it. Did. Yeah. And so you, you kind of, 
She again, asked us when the wedding was going to be, and yeah. we said 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and I said that one. That, I was really proud that of that was good. line. That was, that was really good. And so you kind of get to see what the other people had to do. Because again, we knew our part, but we didn't necessarily know everybody else's part. And that's why we were late, because we went to that. I think other people just went to the bridge training. But he, he came and told us, like, hey, come on down to the cargo hold. So I'm like, I'm going to follow him around. Oh, well, yeah. And I wanted like, to see that story to, yeah. to the end. You know, we did that, all that quote unquote work to distract all those people. And I wanted to see him actually, you know, giving it to Gaia. We w- I think we would have really missed out had we not gone to that portion. I'm glad oh, we did. Sure. Yeah, I'm glad we did, too, because... The bridge training, we had a bridge experience. I kind of figured out what happens. I don't think we needed a separate bridge training to know how those machines work. So yeah, yeah I'm glad we went to it. But it was, it's definitely the most elaborate thing that happens that you can be a part of. I mean, obviously, like at the end, the final battle with Ray and Kylo Ren and all that stuff and, the and you know, Sammy ending up in a Stormtrooper costume and Chewie coming on, like that's very elaborate. But like, not everybody's involved in that, you know. Like, this is the most elaborate thing you well, can be involved in. Well, that's just part in. of the show, right? Exactly. So this is like the most elaborate thing that happens. I I said this. I was very happy that we were a part of it. I thought it was really cool. I had a lot of fun. Again, it was it was neat, kind of faking a proposal and you know being the distraction to a heist. Felt like I was in Ocean's Eleven there. Um, <laughs> but I would if I went, I was Clooney though. <laughs> that's fine. I'll be Brad Pitt. I'm cool with that. So. If I went back, I would like to not do that and kind of be in the atrium and just watch all, like knowing this is going to happen, yeah. kind of watch all the pieces. Because again, once we started taking pictures, I was focused on taking pictures, distracting the people. When am I going to have to do this engagement? I wasn't focused on, well, where did Wraith go? Like what happened to the stone? Um, so it would be cool to kind of sit back and see that. Same with like at the end of the night, Chewie sneaks on. We were up front, so I have no idea how he got there. Like I would like to kind of be at the back of the group and see, all right, how does Chewie get in here? When does Sammy come in? Like how does all this kind of work, uh, you know, after the fact? But definitely the coolest experience was was being part of that heist. So yeah. I think if you if you want to be part of something cool, be a part of race team you could still be first order resistance but that is a really cool thing to be a part of i think the other really cool experience and this is something i did know about that there is a holocron with yoda which has a really cool uh, hologram of yoda and that's something you can do with the saja so i was aware that that was an experience with the saja and it tied into doesn't everyone does everyone get to do that no really yeah not everybody does that so that ties into um doing a mission for the Saja on Batu to bring back this artifact. So I was aware that that was something you could do. I didn't know how you had to do it. So I, I wasn't aware like what you had to do, but I knew I had to kind of talk to the Saja to get on the radar. So that's why when I saw them the first night, I talked to them a little bit. I was kind of in their vicinity. They were helping Chewie. I was like, I'm going to get in their vicinity. And I got asked to help them locate an artifact on Batu. So it was kind of like a one-off thing, but I was like, I need to do this because if if I have any chance of being a part of this holocron thing, I need to do this. And that's what I it turns out. It, that's what you do. Once you do that, then you get invited to this special you know, unboxing uh, with Asaja. So if this is something you're interested in, talk to the Asaja and then do their mission on Batu to bring back the artifact. Yeah, I think that that was one of the only things that we scanned um, because I think we did end up scanning a crate, and I think it was in one of those crates. Yeah, was that was not? that was one of the missions. Yeah, you had to you had to get this crate, and it was actually a, a, like a back and forth because you had to like I think get a crate, and you had to like negotiate with somebody to like buy oh, it. There was like yeah. a lot of back and forth. So there was a few steps. So it's not like 
an easy mission. So like right. there was definitely points where they could weed people out of like, ah, this isn't worth it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to skip this. Because if you didn't follow it all the way through, but if you did follow it all the way through, then you get invited to this. Again, we're going to unbox it. And it's a small group of maybe like 15 or 20 people. And I think they do a couple of them. But Ray's there. We, yeah. They open it up. And it is this hologram of Yoda. It's it's really cool. And that's why I wanted to see it. Because I want to see like it in person. It's not as good as the Ray one on Rise of the Resistance. Nah. Um, but it's definitely impressive to see it in person. It was smaller than yeah. Like you mentioned it to me. And I was expecting it to be more like... I don't know, like Yoda size. Yoda's, Yoda's, I mean, Yoda's a small that. dude, though. Yeah, I mean, I a holocron is small, so it's not going to be right. I did expect it to be a, a little t- bigger, though. But it was it was still really interesting how you know it, and then Ray was involved in it, so it was Ray and the Saja, and just kind of hearing them talk about you know their their reverence for for Yoda, and then Yoda talking to you, which was it was really cool. And then later on, that same message from the holocron comes up in the main atrium yeah i was gonna say again that's that's another example of how tie in how it ties in because during the final battle with kylo ren and, and ray they distract kylo ren by playing this message from yoda from the holocron because when you're there they have sk record it and they say hey we may need this later and so that distracts kylo ren enough to say that that can't exist he knows it's from the holocron that can't exist and the Saja have the holocron, and there's this cool effect where it kind of gets like force pulled to Ray. And again, if you weren't a part of that special group, it's still cool because you're like, hey, it's, hey, it's Yoda. Yoda. And it's a message that makes sense whether you see that holocron or not. But if you're a part of that, you know, oh, th- wait, that's from that message. That's what SK recorded. They mentioned they may need it. And so again, it just gives a deeper meaning to it. But but that was really cool. I mean, it, it was neat to see how they do that and how they kind of make that hologram real. And again, I, I knew that some, that that kind of existed. And so again, I didn't know how to do it, how to get on the kind of that path, but I knew the Saja were key. Um, so I'm really glad that I got to be a part of that because going into it, I was really looking forward to that. So I'm glad I got to be a part of that. But ultimately that Wraith Cole heist was the, was the coolest thing that happened. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I enjoyed that. And like I was saying earlier, and you know, I kind of alluded to it when the thing that I got included in that was sort of, you know, making up for missing the bridge training was a special bridge experience with the captain. And um, then from there, you know, we went and we smuggled Ray onto the ship, who was then going to help assist with, you know, getting the, the ship unoccupied by the First first Order and all that. So, um, but again, there is not a lot you know, that we were really doing. We kind of went into like this back hallway, which I, I don't I don't even really know where we were, I, I, to be honest with you. Like we were just in this, this different area than I went anywhere else. Um, That's what I, I want to know. Where were you? I have no idea. You like, couldn't explain it to me. I was like, where did you go? You're like, I, I, I don't no know. Yeah. Like my directions sometimes are so bad. Um, so yeah, I, did, I have no idea where we went. We went in this like kind of back hallway and then we kind of filtered out into the climate acclimation room and we waited there and she talked. Oh, a were you bit. back like where we boarded to go to Batu? Uh, were you back down that might, hallway? I think it might have been that hallway. Oh, because if you were at the, the by the yeah. climate simulator, okay, I know where you were. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that 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 kind of ties into the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of to my again personal experience besides you know like the grand finale, which which was pretty awesome. But you texted me like, hey, I just helped Ray get on board, and he sent me a picture, 
And then I got an alert on my phone too that like Ray was on board. And I don't know if everybody got that or if I just got that because I was like kind of with the Saja and they sent out this message. But either way, I knew Ray was on board. Uh And so I had this uh, bridge experience with Croy scheduled because (laughs) I was on his path. And it was this whole thing of like, we're going to meet on the bridge and I need, I need a debrief. So, you know, he had all the people that were kind of following him. So this was a larger group than it was in the engineering room. The engineering room was a much smaller group. Again, that was maybe like eight to 10 people. There was maybe like 15, like there was a, a little bit of a larger group here. And so he's, he's laying this out. Okay. I'm here. I know something's going on, but I got to tell my superiors, I need concrete proof. I need some sort of evidence. Like you guys have to have something. And he's kind of like leading you on of like, tell me something specific. And so this is why I think maybe everybody got the message that Ray's on board. Cause I think that's what he wanted because ultimately at the end, the video plays that Kylo Ren comes on cause he hears Ray's on board. So he's like, all right, what's going on? And there, somebody's like, Oh, they're smuggling people. They're smuggling people on board. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, Ray's on board. I'm like, I'm just going to come out and say it did not miss a beat. He basically fainted, which was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. I fell to the ground. So we're at the, where the shields are, it's kind of a giant circular table. And I go, you know, Ray's on board. And he just, he falls in his yeah. face. He goes, Ray, did you say Ray? Like he, he got so scared. His legs turned to jelly. It was the, I wish I was Ray. recording it. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And he played it so well. And then that kind of kicked off of like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I have to tell somebody now that, that she's on board because this is, this is huge. This is like concrete proof. And then somebody showed him a picture and he was like, photograph, hol- well, it's not photographs, holographic proof. She's here. Like it, it was, it was so perfect. Yeah. I think you kind of, you told me yeah, like his knees buckled Yeah, and then did he pull himself up using the table? Is yes. That- okay. Oh, I mean, he, he, his knees buckled. He collapsed to the ground and was like, Oh my gosh, like, like raise on board. Like it took him a second to regain it. And it was, it was absolutely hysterical. And then, and I, again, I think he was driving to that point because he then we get this communication from his superior and he, he then tells them raise on board and it's obviously pre-recorded. And so he tells him raise on board and then Kylo Ren comes on and he goes, you know, I'm coming raised there like the girl from Jakku like I'm I'm now going to be there and so obviously I think he had to get to that point but what's interesting is on the bridge training we're actually defending ourselves from the first order because he's trying to get the communication out about Ray he's trying to tell them and the communication systems blocked because he implemented a blockade of the ship and so he decides to to shoot some blasters off and the computer tells him that's not wise you can't you're not allowed to fire in a blockade. He's like, I made the blockade. I can do whatever I want. So he shoots a blaster off and then we get attacked. And the ship's like, I told you, you you know, I told you you're going to get attacked. So you were fighting yourself there? Yeah. He's like, I told you you're going to get attacked. There's a blockade. He's like, we have to defend the ship. And so that was the whole thing with the bridge mission is we're defending it. And then finally, well, that's, I mean, you mentioned before he was bumbling. I actually yeah. didn't know that that was what was going on. That's hilarious. So, so finally we get through and he gets through to his commander and he's like, why? He's like, you know, why were you attacking us? He's like, you fired. Like you weren't, you know, what are you doing? He was like giving him a hard time and stuff. Uh, and then that's what, yeah. Then he tells him Ray's on board and then Kylo Ren comes on. So that's how we know Kylo Ren's going to be there. So like, you know, Ray's there, obviously I know Kylo Ren's there. Cause I'm, I'm part of that storyline. And it's really funny because, Croy got so excited that Kylo Ren knew who he was 
Because when you talk to him, people are asking about Kylo Ren. He's like, oh, I've never met him. I've seen him one time. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? yeah, some, oh, yeah. You asked yeah, him. I was yeah. Like, I was like, his helmet's pretty awesome, right? And, and he was like, well, when he talked to us, he actually took his helmet off. I'm like, but the helmet's cool, isn't it? And he's like, well, yeah. I was like, but seriously, you know the helmet's great. He's, he looks way better with the helmet on. He's like, it is pretty intimidating. So like, But he plays it up like, yeah, I really don't know the guy that well. So he's so excited. And then we all start chanting. We're like, Croy, Croy, Croy. And the one guy goes... He's like, next thing you know, he's like, next step, uh, next step, you're going to be a commander. And he's like, and you're going to be my right hand man when I get there. Like, he's so excited that he's like finally done something right. And it was great because everybody was so into it. Again, we're like chanting his name and stuff. So it, it was a really great experience to be a part of him from just, again, him falling to the floor and, and everybody's chanting him. He says like, yes, yes, Kylo Ren, the Supreme Leader knows who I am. Uh, it, it's, it was just a great experience overall. Well, uh, so a couple like funny little things just to kind of go in with this. Like when we were, it was sort of after I think everything kind of happened at the very end, we had a mother come up to us who approached Joe and said, my daughter said you're a tattletale because Joe. Had she told, was there. She was on the she bridge. She was on the Croy. bridge with, with Joe and Croy. And she had said to like, she was upset that Joe told Croy that Ray was there and called him a tattletale, which I thought was hilarious. Well, the best part is when Croy said Ray's here, she said, yeah, my mom saw her. So <laughs> she tattled too. She said the same thing. So it, it was funny because I, I knew who exactly who she was. I remembered her uh, being there. And that's what I was like. Well, she said it too. So it, she was like, yeah, my mom saw her. She's here. But it was funny because I think her mom said she was kind of playing like a double agent. Like she yeah. was with the resistance and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, it was fun. So it, it was just, uh, it, it was fun to be kind of a part of that, uh, as well and be a part of the heist and everything. Yeah. If I were to do it again, I would definitely go back and do for first order. We would flip. I think we've I talked would, about this. We, yeah. we would flip. I would go resistance Saja, uh, as much as I could pretty much avoid Croy and probably Wraith again, just because I really did those storylines. And then you talked to you like, I would definitely like to spend some more time with. Yeah. Croy. I think I would go harder with the Saja and Croy. Like, I think I would try to play those two more because again, the one thing that I noticed, um, that was again, love children. I work with children for a living, but a lot of the children follow, you they know, follow all the, yeah, all the good yeah. guys. And so, because of that, there's a lot of those characters' attentions are, are, you know, they're very, it's very demanding on them because the children are like constantly trying to help. And so they have to do a lot of little things to sort, sort of get the kids distracted. Whereas with Croy, I think it was just, it was more, in the story itself seems more straightforward with him. Yeah, less uh, people want to follow him around, obviously, because he's the first story. They want to give him a hard time, but they really don't want to like be his friend. Yeah. So you're in a much smaller group. And again, I think it also helps why he remembered my name. Because there's only like 15 people that want to be his friend, you know? Right, right. So yeah, I would definitely want to, you know, do that on a second experience and, and go with him because he's hilarious. And I, I've seen, you know, I kind of went on the internet after when we were trying to figure out who the actor was that played him. And seeing a lot of people like on, you know, like... Cora and Reddit like mentioning how great of a character Croy is and I mean there were other actors even in the role so I mean it's just the way that the role is written but I still have to maintain that the the man that played it just really did such a spectacular job of bringing that character to life. Well I think it goes to why I tend to in the movies at least 
gravitate towards the dark side characters because I think they're more interesting. Yeah. I know you like well, you're not a fan of Luke. I was really. just gonna say I, I I guess I that I should maybe agree with you. Maybe if I completely rewatch the whole for like the whole uh, original series again and I root for Darth Vader, I might actually enjoy the movie a lot yeah. more because I'm not a fan of Luke. And I will say the movies because I think that the Disney Plus shows oh, yeah. do a great job with Mando, which Mando is kind of like a gray area, but like Ahsoka, yeah. like Ahsoka is great. You know, you have the bad batch, like they're the good guys, Omega, like Omega. They're, they're much better. I feel like on the TV shows as like the good characters. I mean, I even love Luke when he came in on the Mandalorian. I mean, that was like the coolest scene when he came uh, at the end of the season to help them uh, and take Grogu. But yeah, in like the movies, it's just like the dark side is just so much more interesting because they're not bound. Like the Jedi are bound by this, like, we can never do anything wrong type thing. And it, it makes it so much more interesting to kind of follow the, the dark side of the force. It's a little like goody goody. And that's kind of where I was, I was kind of following as I was following the, the resistance. I was kind of like, Oh, well this is, I mean, they're almost too cool for school. Well, you like, even said we're like, righteous. Ray. Yeah, yeah. You're like Ray's like, eh, it was cool, but she didn't really like do much. You know, like yeah. she was just very stoic. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, that's that role. And you know, she did a great job. She was fun. Yeah, Chewie's I mean, awesome. Chewie's fun to follow around. Yeah, and th- again, then this all leads up to this like epic finale. Don't need to get into a ton of details with that. You can watch it online. Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to spoil everything for everybody, but I will say the the actual lightsaber they have is pretty cool to see in person. To see the actual you know kind of lightsaber. Go- totally didn't notice. Yeah, it. you missed it. You're like, oh, that actually did that, but. I miss most of the really big important things. Actually, <laughs> it it was cool to see, but then it, it you know it wraps up. There's Again, grand speeches by everybody. People on on kind of both sides that are big key players kind of get called out. So Croy calls out people that helped him. The captain and Linka kind of call out people that helped say, them. Croy, I feel like did more of that. Than yeah, he did more. Of that. Else. But, but everybody kind of, like a few people, a few people get yep. shout outs. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sammy called out some people because yeah. there was again there was somebody on our. Uh, Cruz named Emerson, who was pretty key with the resistance. Like he was really full in the whole time. He had a jacket with like the emblem on it and everything, and he got a call out. I remember. So yeah. So um, so yeah. So they do that, uh, and then obviously it all it all kind of ends. So Croy's gone. But what's neat is then it's more of the resistance people. So it's Sammy, the captain, Linka, uh, Wraith. They're all there, which is cool because after the fact, like people are getting pictures with them. You know, you can kind of right. go up and talk to them of like, it's all over. Like they were giving me a little bit of a hard time of like, <laughs> well, how are you helping Croy? But they would still take your picture because again, it's, it's kind of like their way of taking a bow almost. And I feel like it's it's your way as a guest to thank them because again, they're yeah. like, oh, how was the cruise? And it's like, I had a great time. And you know, you're saying that right. of one in character, the cruise was fun, but two, you did a good job. You know, like you're trying right. to say, like without saying, hey, I liked your acting because they'd be yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, no, it was a lot of fun. You know, thank you. This was great. Can I have a photo? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, thanks. Thanks for being here. So again, like they, they you know, they're kind of ribbing you a little bit if you weren't, you know, with them. But again, it is kind of like their opportunity. I, I'm sad that Croy was gone. Yeah, I was just going to say, if, to him, but. if you, you know, are a person that interest, were interested in doing this and you still listened anyway and you don't care about spoilers, make sure you get your picture with Croy 
earlier because we that's the only character I think that we did not get a ca- like a picture with. I will say he did mention on the bridge when we did our debrief. He was like, "You need to tell me anything you know because this may be the last time we talk." Oh. So like he like he he kind of says that. Now we do have our picture with him because at dinner he stopped down and we got a little bit of a video because somebody we were eating dinner with took a little video when he came over and talked oh, to us. So we don't. Right. I don't have that video, so I don't, you didn't yeah, share I, I with have me it. yet. Um, so that's we don't right. have like a formal picture with him, but he did kind of say that like this may be the last time you know I see all of you. So tell me anything you know. But yeah, but everybody else is kind of there to take photos again. It is like a whirlwind. By the end of day two, because you're up at eight in the morning to go out to Batu, and you're just going straight through to eleven o'clock at night, you kind of go like, "What happened?" You know. And after two days, you, you like you cannot believe how much happened that you were just been going for you know what fourteen hours straight doing this. Like you, you really do lose track of time. And when you reflect back on it, you're like, "So much happened." Uh, it doesn't feel like a ton is happening in the moment necessarily from like beat to beat until kind of the end when it all wraps up. But it is, it is just an absolute whirlwind that you almost like can't believe it really happened. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we were buzzing after and it was, it was definitely rough. I will say if you, again, if you want to do this, I would recommend taking off work the next day. A lot of people said that like a lot of the first people on the cruises were like, you need a day to decompress and you, yeah. I, I get it now. You you really do. I mean, I think that unless you're an extreme extrovert, that was a lot. And then and you you're know, playing for a me, character too. And you're yeah. playing a character. So, but then like for me to have to, you know, like I'm performing that whole, essentially you're performing, you're pretending to be somebody else. And then I'm, when I, you know, in your regular, my regular day job, that's also what I do because I have to be this, you know, person that is perfect and trying, not perfect, but trying to, you know, constantly teach these children and be the best possible version of myself I can be that any given day um, and try not to show frustration even though I'm not that great at it Um, but you know try to be a good example for the kids Uh, it's just kind of like whoa man like I just felt like I, I worked you know eight days in a row now some it's of those days were really fun vacation. yeah it's not a relaxing vacation so right absolutely like not definitely don't go do this if you want to just chill definitely the beach is a better idea for that one but yeah it, I, it still was a really cool experience i do think that with this they will change the storylines they will do special cruises and i i'm really i really am hoping they add a little bit to it i like i said i do think that it needs it needs a little bit more on the ship that you can explore. Um, just the engineering room uh, is really not enough. I think that there needs to be like hidden locations that are difficult to get to um, because I feel like what the one piece for me that was missing on the whole thing was that it really didn't feel like the stakes were like the stakes were high, but not like your de- your decisions made a difference, but it never felt like if you failed at doing anything or if you were kind of in a w- weird like gray area that that really truly affected you in it, any way. It's that balance. I mean, I, I think it's it's the thing of they have to make this, to your point, you have to make it a little bit challenging, but you also have to make it that kids can do it, right. adults can do it. So like it's got to be at a level that it's fun for everybody and if, yeah, if you're a kid and maybe you're not the greatest at doing the engineering room, that like 
you're not going to fail and people are going to be like, you ruined this whole thing and you ruined this entire mission. And then like that kid has a bad time. So there could be some higher stakes, but I get why they got to kind of oh, walk yeah. that fine line of, of balance there. That's um, why I said, I think that there needs to be other incentives like, Hey, you completed this mission. And so here's like a badge. Yeah, here's a special after. pin, yeah. you know, like just well, like an away, officer would give you. They kind gave of? away those um, coins. Like the, they had like, games throughout the day and if you want like the space bingo or the you know know your partner type thing they gave away like those like commemorative coins to all the winners i can't remember how did we end up yeah we ended up the captain's table gave them to oh yeah we got one from the captain's captain's table table yeah for sure so so i will say uh you know somehow we've talked between uh monday's episode and this one for about three hours uh in total on this yeah before we came upstairs you know Joe said to me, oh, it, it won't take that long. Don't worry. It'll be like probably like 40 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. So we, we blew past that. And I, I mean, so three hours talked about this and I feel like I could probably go for another two to three hours. Like there, like there's still so much that happens. And I mean, again, we're not going to go into that much detail for sure. We're going to wrap yeah, it up. Say, here. I mean, I didn't talk very much about what happened with me, but that's also because I don't remember a lot of, yeah, just, and a, like, lot of this, a lot of the stuff points. you did. Well, yeah, again, too, yeah. With Wraith. That, but that I'm saying like on the resistance line. side, but I couldn't even, I couldn't even, uh, you know, recount that to you. Yeah, if I tried. Again, that's what I said. It's hard. Like, I feel like as I'm going through it, I'm kind of remembering other things. And I feel like that's where I'm saying. I could probably talk for another couple hours on this. Cause I'm sure as soon as we hit stop recording tomorrow, I'll be like, Oh, what about this or that? Like so much happened that you do. Like we were talking about decompressing. Like when you leave Monday, like it almost feels like, was that a dream? Like when you yeah. get off the ship and you're kind of back out on land, like you're in your normal clothes, you're back out, you know, you get a taxi, you're heading to the airport. You're like, did that all really happen? Was that really real? Or did I dream all that, that I was like this different person? But I will say I, I was a big fan of highly themed dressing on a normal basis. Um, I would like to do that in my real life as well. Theme, I, I actually do Go do this. It. I Go do this it. sometimes, you know, with at work where it's like there's a theme day, you know, and you get, you get to, uh, I think Monday at work is decade day. So I that's not that fun. I think you need to have uh, Star Wars day but at I your think work. We should have, yeah, you know what? I, you know what you I already got the costume. You know what I think I'm going to do? When there's decade day, I'm going to be the 70s and just dress like a Star Wars character and be like, this came out in the 70s, no, right? No, that's no. how that works. You, you'd be a decade a long, long time ago. Oh, in a galaxy far, far away. There you go. That, that's, you know what? That's I exactly might do what you it. Do. I might just do it just Look, for fun. I'm, I'm going to be Star Wars. Again, you got the outfit. You might as well use it. So, But yeah, it really it feels like a lot. I feel like, to your point, like I forgot half of what happened to me. Even though I, you know, I remembered a lot, but I feel like there's a lot I forgot too, and there's probably a lot that, that I missed. So it was a lot of fun. Would definitely go back, definitely try some of the other storylines, You know, try to see some of the things that I was involved in happened maybe as a spectator just to kind of see some different parts of it but overall a lot of fun so hopefully everybody enjoyed listening to this episode Monday's episode um, all about our Star Cruiser experience we had a lot of fun do we have fun yes we had <laughs> we had a lot of fun hopefully everybody had fun listening to this uh, hopefully if you're interested uh, you do get the chance to go uh, yourself and kind of experience as well if any of our listeners have gone or do go in the future you know we'd, we'd love to hear your experiences you know Maybe you were really heavy into the resistance. Yeah, We'd love to hear maybe. kind of what happened in your storyline. Tell tell Croy that you know Lars and Danny. See if he yeah, see if he remembers <laughs> us. See if, he remembers uh, us. If, if it's the same Croy. So, um, but yeah, definitely love love to hear from our listeners. You know, you can let us know over on Facebook, Enchanted Ears. Uh, send us a message on Instagram, uh, Enchanted Ears Podcast over there. So, I want to thank everybody again for listening. 
bonus episode. We'll be back on Monday with another uh, regularly scheduled episode. But uh, remember, if you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. It really does help, and we really do appreciate it. Thank you for lending us your ears. Uh, have a great couple of days, and we'll be back on Monday. Bye-bye.